0: Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything
1: in between. So it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our heart through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die. So speak.
2: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. This is Rodney Jordan filling in for Tammy Gator, who may or may not be on with us um, again tonight. It, it is always a pleasure to have Tammy on with us. Um, I don't know if she'll be on or not, but we definitely uh, are keeping our fingers crossed that she will join this conversation that I think is going to get rather interesting um, I've been thinking about this ever since our last show. Uh we have a just a dynamic uh young man who's gonna come on tonight and and tell us about this book that he wrote and it's it's really a hot topic, um, in our society right now, especially with what is going on uh, you know, a couple of years ago with Trayvon Martin, uh what has happened uh recently in Ferguson, Missouri and just um, you know, just a lot going on that we that that we see in, in, in the news, and Eric Garner, who's who we recently saw. But this particular author is going to come at you from a from a from a different angle, and I and I think you all will appreciate this. I think that you all will will, will definitely have a lot to say because he's gonna he's gonna hit you with some things that I don't quite know you're ready for. But hey. It's Monday night. No, we are not watching Monday Night Football, but we are on the Butterfly Evolution show, and we are ready for another great show. Uh, Just a few things before we really dig into this topic. A couple of housekeeping things. Uh, Remember, you can listen online. If you're listening online and you would like to post comments in the chat room, you must be a registered follower. Um, If you are not a registered follower, it is very easy. just follow the instructions um, on our website and it will um, happen in a a matter of moments. Um, And then you can post your comments there. Remember here on the butterfly evolution show, we do not give our name. Um, If you post in the chat room, we'll just read your comments. If you want to call in and give your name, that is completely fine. But uh, whether you request it or not, we keep everyone anonymous. Um, If you are listening by phone, uh, at any time you have a question or a comment for me um, or um, our special guest tonight, just question number one, if someone jumps in and they have a comment or a question and, and you want to add something to that or, or question that, it is perfectly fine. We do just ask that everyone may um, a level of respect and professionalism. That's all we ask for. Uh, we would like to give a shout out to all of our new listeners tonight uh, we 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 do realize that uh every time we have guests on our show uh that does bring about new listeners, so we do want to welcome you um, and we have several faithful followers of the show. We like to welcome you all as well down in Tennessee, Texas, Florida, and Chicago, and for those of you who are new tonight listening uh from the from the d c area uh in support of our guests. We do appreciate that as well. Um, a lot going on in the news. It seems like sports seems to be dominating our world today. Uh, last week it was Ray Rice. This week it's Adrian Peterson. Um, just a lot going on. Um, we, we, we're we living in a, a, a crazy time right now. We're living in a crazy time. But that may come up tonight as well. So we hope you uh, stay tuned. Um, again, this is Rodney Jordan filling in for Tammy Gator those of you who don't know me, I am a sixth-grade math teacher in Manassas, Virginia. I'm also the author of the book, Tired of Being Black, and my most from the heart of a teacher um, is definitely making some noise out there in the industry right now. So thank you all who have purchased a copy of my book and who support my work. I do want to say thank you. Um, Great news, uh, which I will bring up later. I don't want to prolong this anymore because it's not necessarily about me but it's definitely about a a good work, and so we have a good man online, and we want to get him in this conversation uh, to talk about uh, his book, Stop Killing Me, Black Man. So with us tonight, we have Reverend Anthony Martin, uh, a gentleman who I've had a uh, a chance to talk to over the past couple of months, get a chance to uh, to get to know, and he's going to share some very interesting things. Um, Just a good brother. Um, I met him at the uh, Martin Luther King Memorial Library here in Washington, D.C., and that connection
0: has been there. And
2: uh, Reverend Martin, are you there?
0: Yes, sir. I'm here. I'm here. Certainly. Thank you, and uh, Sister Tammy Gator, for having me on. I'm honored, man. I'm honored. I honor and glorify God first and foremost. With His Son, Christ Jesus, by the way, of the instructions of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm certainly honored to be here. And, man, I want to thank you for this great promotion of uh, the book and and going forth, man. It's a pleasure. It's definitely a pleasure.
2: Absolutely, man. That's what we're here for, to to support one another and uh, to definitely uplift each other. And and it seems like we don't have enough of that um, in today's time, so... Why don't you go ahead and just give us some background knowledge about yourself, Uh, tell us anything you want us to know
0: about you, Um, and we'll just go from there. Yes, sir, certainly. uh, Again, my name is the Reverend Anthony Martin, born and raised in Washington, D.C. Grew up in the community, sought to the best of my ability to be that community activist, uh, pretty much uh, just inform the people, um, basically going forth in the community, being a part of nonprofit organizations in my early days, in the ministry in my early days, and keeping my ears and eyes to the streets and the grounds and, 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 and looking to make a difference in the community. And certainly the Lord opened up an opportunity for me to attend Samuel Bible the Samuel Kelsey Bible Institute in 1996 that I was able to retrieve my bachelor's degree in. Theological study. From there, the Lord just opened the door for me to get into my own nonprofit organization and just learn how to establish these things that I could become a facilitator in dealing with brothers coming out of jail, um, helping brothers to get back to their families and and dealing with the life skills of brothers and women that the families could come together and the families can be uh, met uh, with a different perspective as to what the black family and many families have gone through in the years, and especially the black family. The black family has been under a great strain and stress that during uh, our early days of the 60s where the environment was threatened and uh, we lived in a controlled environment that we had to battle our way through. And uh, opportunity came due to unfortunate deaths of many of our black leaders, such as Megar Edwards, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, that we were able to move forward in the 80s and receive great opportunities with you know, governmental um, opportunities and things of that nature. But the Lord has put a great project within me, writing these books, uh, starting with my book, uh, uh, The Battle of the Culture, and my second book, The Kingdom Culture, and now bringing forth this book, Stop Killing Me, Black Man. This book is such a powerful book because I wanted to deal with black on black crime. We have watched over the years the black man being tormented and, and basically cut down in the streets of our, this great nation. And once being cut down, uh, not getting much attention to the level of death and destruction that we uh, face. Over the years and still to this day, uh, we, we, we have enough time going forth dealing with law enforcement and other entities that is attacking the lives of us and being able to survive just going out of your front door day to day without being pulled over by, you know, particular police officers, so forth and so on. Even bigger issue is young black men. Uh, Today, standing on today's corner, looking to make a life for themselves, Um, thinking and believing that to be able to sell drugs to to the rate or the level in which they do is the answer to uh, sustaining life. But that answer leading to an astronomical death rate that is not enough cry for this. And what brings me back to mind is I remember Malcolm X going before the UN and speaking to the African heads of state at the UN to bring the United States government to, before the UN in in reference to charges against human rights violations as to what black men and women went through in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and, and below. And just having that. Uh, brought before the U.N., making such a far cry to the death and destruction that we faced in those days. And here we are going through a revolving door that the difference of then and today is racism. The Ku Klux Klan was taking our lives, stripping, of us, stripping us of our rights and human rights and law enforcement as opposed to the day we got law enforcement and mainly the hands of another black man taking the life of one and simply firing a weapon tandem openly, wildly, in the atmosphere that such a bullet can find inside the home a young woman, a young girl, young black uh, child, if you will, Striking her, dead to her, her her world, her own world, uh, uh, in a living room or in her room, playing with a young friend of hers, and without knowing, instantly struck struck down, uh, quickly to death, long before she's able to graduate from high school, and so it it has to be a far cry to this thing, brother. I, my campaign is to take this thing just as Malcolm did to the UN, that we cry. Just as many of the mothers or fathers and mothers over the military, sons and daughters coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan, draped in coffins with the military flag, and seeing many of these sons and daughters of ethnic, uh, different uh, uh, ethnic groups, white, black. Asian and so forth and so on, American citizens, just coming in droves. And the, and the parents of these sons and daughters cried out to the political arena, stop this war, stop this war. Too many sons and daughters. And that cry was a political powerhouse that pretty much spoke to the president himself, made great effort to stop this war of Afghanistan, which is still going on but in process of being stopped, but the Iraq war in which they pretty much cleaned up but got to go back. But yet there's not enough cross to the national threat to our society and the sovereignty of this nation with the young black men dying in our streets. More brothers today and yesterday than ever before. And if we dug, excavated the grounds, we will find more black bones under the homes in which we live, not having a clear count of who is there. Not even the state morgues can keep up with the body of the young black men. Entering into government morgues to find who's who. Young, young black men today, brother, young black men, and then The statistics are staggering, brother. They're certainly staggering. So that in itself, I I, I stand on that and, you know, it is my business, it is my duty as a citizen of the kingdom of God to move forward and push this campaign that it be a far cry amongst our black leaders, so-called black leaders, and many in the church and and in the community who claim to be leaders. Come on out, you know. Stop giving attention to uh, uh, the popular uh, uh, campaigns of the day, the popular uh, issues of the day. Give the attention to what the civil rights movement was men and women, brother. Black men and women is what I declare here on this night. Bringing it back to you, brother. Are you with me, Brother Rodney? Hello?
2: Can you hear me? You still with me? I'm with you. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you
2: now. Okay. I may may have hit the mute button. I apologize. Um, Okay. But I just want to just go back because you said a mouthful man in that uh in that 10 minutes man you said a mouthful and just uh you know with a number of things and i want to kind of go back because
0: okay.
2: i mean just just with everything you said we really could end this show right now i mean i, I think wow. you gave the people I think, you gave, I think you gave the people a lot to think about and you know, so, so let's go back, man, and, and okay. one of the things that, 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 I, that I wanted to tackle first uh, with what you said was there are bigger issues than just white officers killing black males. And we tend to focus on, and, and I said this a lot last week, we're bandwagoners. We follow the media. Whatever the yes, media yes. is talking about, we're going to jump on it. And whichever way yes. the, the train is moving, that, that's the direction we want to go in. Everyone jumped on uh, Ray Rice last week. Why? Because the media yes, jumped yes. on Ray Rice. The media spent it in a negative way. So let's jump on Ray Rice. And, you know, Trayvon Martin, everyone jumped on that case. Everyone jumped on yes. Ferguson. Everyone jumped on Eric Garner up in, uh, uh, up in New York. And not to take away from... Anyway, uh, anything away from those uh, from those families, from those victims. Not to take anything away from those, uh, but when I think about you know these these killings of these police officers and these and and, and these young black males, um, or the neighborhood watchmen in George Zimmerman's case, when I think about things like that, the bigger issue for me is number one, if it were not for Uh, an alleged case of racial profiling we would not know who Eric Garner is we would not know who Michael Brown is we would not know who Trayvon Martin is why because Mm -hmm. if it's not a you know I, I, I even have a different take on you know leaders only jumping out when it's a case of racial profiling because here's the thing I think that's what the media wants. I think that's what these news stations want. Not necessarily not necessarily the, the, the black leaders that we see, but right. I think that's what the media wants us to see, and the media wants the nation to get upset. The, the media knows what, what will stir up black people. Oh, the white person mm-hmm. killed a black kid. They're going to jump on it. Right. And so the media puts that out there, and the media the media drives it home. They drive it hard. But to me, there's a bigger issue than that. And my bigger issue is this, and I'll give you a chance in a minute to tell me what, okay. what, 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 what you mean when you say there are bigger issues than just white officers killing, killing black males. The bigger issue for me, for me with these things is, number one, we wouldn't know about them if it were a black person who, who murdered these black men. Uh, it would not have gotten the national coverage. It would have only meant something to the family and friends of the victims. That's number one. Number number two is a these are young lives uh, that are being taken. These uh, these are you know somebody's this, somebody's child just lost their life. Somebody lost their husband. Somebody lost their father in these in, in these situations. To me, those are bigger issues than just color. Because, see, I think, and I don't think we realize this, and people may get upset when I say this, but I don't think we realize that, in a sense, I guess we, we are being racist when we, when, we, when we pull out the color factor. We are right. being, we are, in a sense, to me, we are being racist when we say, you know, when we make a big deal out of the fact that it was a white officer and a black male. Well, who cares? Who cares what color either one of them, them are? He, you have a murder. That right. that's the bottom line. There, there has just been a murder. There's a there's a child right. that has been murdered. So are you saying that right. you know we only care and we're only marching and we buy these t-shirts and and, and and we do all these things? Are you saying that we're only doing that because a black kid was murdered? Suppose that suppose it was a black officer. And a white child, mm-hmm. do you think that mm-hmm. it would be the same same attention? So those mm-hmm. are the things that 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 you know that that strike me in all of this. What what do, what do you think?
0: Well, let, let 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 me just say this in a controversial manner, and I will say this to say one thing about us as a black uh, community. Unfortunately. Where there ain't no trouble, we are a producer of trouble. And one thing that we have to deal with is we producing a lot of trouble in our communities. Now, one would say, well, the economy is this, the economy is that, and it leads to, you know, young brothers having to go forth and, you know, and find their way in life. Sure, but see, one thing that the Bible says best is that all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. All things mm-hmm. are permissible, but I will not allow many things to be mastered over me. So what is it saying? You have the permission to do what you want to do, but then the question is, what you do, is it beneficial to your life? And so when you go out in these communities of today, knowing full well that some possible hothead police officer who wants to make a name, who wants to climb up in ranks, and then when you're dealing with the government, brother, the government's perspective is you are a quota. In the, in the community perspective, your death and destruction is what it is. It's death and destruction. But the, the government sees that as a quota. And you become a quota, black man. You're not a human being. You're a quota. And that quota would mean that if it's too many of you dying in today's streets, the government then has to seek funding, seek money, seek finances to finance their agenda in terms of cleaning up the streets as they would say so. But all the time Mm -hmm. we have many of our government officials receiving these great amount of finances, putting them in one area, State, they're going to clean up the street, but that money tends to find itself going into other, other areas of the budget, which then benefits other popular, quote-unquote, agendas, and as long as that black man is killing each other, let them kill each other, that we can remove them from that community and replace them with a new face. And what is a new face, as the uh, federal census say. The census say by the year 2030 that today's black community will uh, expand, but it won't be black men and women born of the civil rights era. It will be our black men and women or our brothers and sisters from the east coming from Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, Liberia, and the African nation. And as they come over, they're coming over with an apartheid educated mindset that that they have been in war with colonialism in Africa but coming with a different mindset, a different perspective to fight for a better life as to which they had in Africa. And so the education system here in the United States is not as hard as it is in their home state, but it's easier for them to receive a doctorate degree, a lawyer's degree, and so forth and so on, that they can come here and make a world of a life for themselves and pretty much wash out those of us who were born in this nation under the civil rights era and replace us with the brothers and sisters from the East that they don't know much about our civil rights. They don't know much about uh, the attacks systematically that young black men and women go through walking through today's streets. They are black men and women that are coming with a more humble attitude, a less testosterone, estrogen attitude that they can fit in with the diverse communities, greater than us who were born in the civil rights because the generational bloodline of the civil rights movement continues to trickle down into today's young black men, feeling the pain of what the Klan has done over the years. But what the government and the controlled environment that has been going on in the 40s and the 60s, that bloodline ain't dead, brother. That bloodline goes down, and it trickles down into us, and we feel that pain. when We walk out our doors, and we're being watched day in and day out. When you go into a, 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 an apartment, a department store, and you put on your best of best suits, and you believe in your mind that you are honorable citizens, but yet you are still being watched, for the color of your skin, not a lifestyle. Ain't no lifestyle is watching you based on your lifestyle because no one knows your lifestyle unless you carry out or act out such a lifestyle. But they do know who you are in terms of your skin color, and it is based on your skin color that the NAACP was branded and brought forth. It was based on the black man and woman's skin color that racism the death of black men and women upon the hands of the Klan destroyed many lives of the black family back then, but we still survive. And so till this day, as we're coming forth in this day, our young black men and women don't even know and understand what the leaders of yesterday went through. If you ask many of them, who was Martin Luther King? Who was Malcolm X? Who was Megar Everett? They couldn't tell you, brother. They couldn't tell you. And that's a sad story. And today, as I've gone through today's society and dealt with many of the young brothers today, they, many of them ask me, you know, how can I get a job, brother? Where, I mean, where do I go? And the first thing that I have to ask these young brothers, how is your name, brother? Is your name clean? It ain't about what your skills you have. Is your name clean? Because today's society is moving towards top secret security clearances, secret security clearances. Could you enter into a government building based on your name, not based on your skills, your name? Are you clean? Can we put your name in the system and find nothing wrong with you? And so, therefore, if we can't do that, then we can't help you. And then even today, if you went to McDonald's or if you went to Burger King or any of these small side order restaurants, they're forcing the hands of the black man to have to show his diploma. And many have graduated in the early days of the 80s and in the, in the, in the, in the 90s and having to go dig up their diploma to someone working a McDonald's or Burger King. And this is a systematic uh, 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 barrier that we, young black men, are facing today, but it's forcing the hand of the men, young black men, to go out in the streets and deal the drug life as they do. And some of the brothers are uh, become accustomed because it's an excitement to them. Some of them have good family lives. Some of them have fathers and mothers at home. But some of them have, have lived spoiled lives that they base their drug-selling lifestyle on just the excitement of things rather, as opposed to the survival of things. So this is the plight in which we are in. And you expect to go out and do wrong, break a law, and not expect a hothead white officer or whomever come to the scene always seeing you in the corner. And the new drug of the day, cigarettes. I got singles. I got singles. Everywhere you go in the city (laughs) on the corner, singles, 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 singles. And not even knowing that if the police, department wanted to exercise authority, selling cigarettes is a federal law, but they're not exercising it. So that's a good thing, but it's a bad thing to even be doing so, because if ATF wanted to come along and exercise that, then you would be behind bars under a federal crime. And so with that being said, there's much money being poured into the popular agenda. Homosexuality the battle against same-sex marriage. Many of our black leaders are being pulled away from their civil rights roots to take on what they call the new civil rights, homosexual lifestyle and so on, fighting to see if they are, uh, uh, if they are born homosexual or if they were uh, raised or, or chosen homosexual lifestyle, fighting to see if it's a natural lifestyle, fighting to try to get your life under the Naturalization Act, when you are a human being, a human man, and a human woman, which automatically puts you under the Naturalization Act, so you don't have to do much more to fall under the Naturalization Act. And so, therefore, the black man and woman is simply almost being taken out of the Naturalization Act as if though you're not a human, because for the many days that you are on national TV, parading your life, parading that death to the level in which they do, as if though you're letting... A, a, a dog or a cat out of the gate and it just runs rapid and who cares the death of black men and women as if though a, a cache of roaches is under your refrigerator and you take a, a, a can of ro- raid roach spray spray under your refrigerator and you see them scatter and then as they scatter you spray them to kill them and sweep them up and throw them in the trash that's the mannerism of what you see is going forth in many of the states and in in this here United State as to the black man, mainly the black man's life, being cacheted, carried out, thrown in the morgue, and having just a tag on his toe and a number. And until a family member come along and recognize one, you will never know who that brother is that's been killed and cut down. But sadly so, cut down mainly by the hand of your own black brother, simply because of some petty principle. You owe me $5. You said something about me, about me to my girl. You, you, I don't like the way you you, you wearing your head because I got my head cut like this, and you're going to turn around and follow me, and I don't appreciate that. Or you got the wrong colors on Something of that nature. Or it's some shoes that you got that I can't get so I want those shoes. Silly stuff to that nature. And smoking marijuana, mixing it with cocaine, lacing it with cocaine, and now to the more extreme drugs where your local corner stores are selling, Aloha, Spice 2, and that kind of mess. Particularly just incense, brother. Incense that one is smoking and hallucinating off of, like opium. I've had a young brother tell me it was like the devil was burning down in his loins, and his, yeah. his body, he just, felt, he just felt, it felt like he was in hell walking on earth smoking this drug. And then sadly to say, he enjoyed it. He loved it because it was the hot. In New Jersey alone, they're cutting each other down, standing over top of each other, shooting each other, emptying the bullet clips in a body as if though this is the wild, wild west, young black men. And the only thing the government does, sweep the brothers off off the corner, spray the corners down to clean the blood up, move forward, count it as a quota, and let it be at that. That's where we're at. That's the nature of where we're at. In Nebraska alone, you would think it's not many black men in Nebraska, but Nebraska doubled the rate of homicide over the national average rate. 34.43 per hundred thousand, but the national rate is 17.51 per hundred thousand. And I would ask myself, how? I didn't even know that we had that many black people in Nebraska that Nebraska would become the number one uh, state of the highest black homicide in the in the, in the nation. I did not know. <laughs> I did not know as much as they talk about Chicago, as much as they talk about St. Louis. Nebraska is outranking everybody, up and down. So you would think, and then here's a sad statistic, brother. It is said that seven times or six times a black man is more likely to die. Six times as great by a handgun or under a homicide, but he is like, more likely to die seven times as great by the hand of his own black man. And the life expectancy of the young black man has been cut short to seven years earlier than what's been given to you. Seven years, based on your lifestyle, standing on the corner. You are guaranteed by God, well, not say guaranteed, but God pretty much gave man 70 years of life. But here you are, living a lifestyle that's guaranteed to cut you short. Seven years or less, or rather more, cut you short. And long before you can even see a child of your own grow up, graduate from high school. This is where we are. This has to be a national cry. This is a national threat to society and the sovereignty of this nation. And we must come to grips with this thing, and stop running the opposite way, giving attention to other important or as you claim to be important and popular uh, issues, and now put your, your black leaders, I'm calling on the black leaders, to put your mind back to where your roots are, and your roots is civil rights in the manner that you cater to the death and destruction of the black man and woman. And that was the basis of the civil rights. This is the true civil rights. My lifestyle, the death of black men and women, is the true civil rights. And I'm calling on you and I'm calling you out to get back to your roots and you know who you are. Get back to your roots because you've got new young leaders such as myself will step up and hold many of your feet to the fire and let you know and remind you of where you once were in the days of the true civil rights and where you need to get back to. Because if you don't, then you will certainly be replaced.
2: Powerful words, my brother, powerful words. Uh, I got a question for you. Um, yes, do you think that racism has taken a new faith? And here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. So it used to be a black and white thing, right? It used to be... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, blacks were brought over to America We all know the story Blacks were oppressed You know, blacks were were sold into slavery Black, Blacks were oppressed here in America um, But now, do you think that that has turned into Not just a, a and maybe it's not even considered racism anymore but do you think that it is turning to, you know, there's a, a specific group of people, uh, maybe the top, I don't know, less than 1% of our population here in America that are pretty much oppressing the other 99%? Do you think, do you, do you think that it's no longer, a, do you think that it's still a black and white issue or do you think that it is no longer about black and white? But it is about either you're in this top 1% or you're considered everybody else no matter what color you are.
0: It has certainly come to the mannerism of uh, business, um, the haves and the have-nots, surely enough. Uh, when it comes to the black and white issue, uh, the white community, or let's just say the powers to be, if you will, pretty much do not have much to do in terms of keeping uh, uh, the black man and woman uh, uh, at his bay or, 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 or tucked in the corner or, or controlled, if you will, because um, surely enough, the opportunities for us is uh, abundant, and we can see that the black woman is really taking advantage of these opportunities that she is growing uh, um, greatly in her ways uh, get the opportunity to raise a family and, and see her kids uh, you know, through in life as opposed to the black man, he himself has or either made a choice to depart from the home or been pushed out of the home. And so it is through the economic downfall and the uh, uh, employment rate uh, that stipends us. In terms of the black man, in terms of we becoming an issue in today's time. And so, only when the white community is confronted with a powerhouse, black man or woman, is when it becomes racism. But when they're not faced with a powerhouse, a threat, if you will, then it's not racism. And then uh, it's more so today business, uh, it's the haves and the have-nots, and uh, I look at our sister Oprah Winfrey. Um, she's a powerhouse in the business community, and with her hand of uh, uh, wealth, if you will, in a sense, she doesn't face as much racism but she does, and it gets to a point where she is certainly a threat as a black woman. And so uh, when the white community or the powers to be get to a point where they can't stop her or put her in a corner, if you will, then it has to go to racism control. So number one to your question, it is mainly about the haves and the have-nots, but racism is a second avenue when it comes to the black man and woman that will be used to keep us at bay, Economics is the first avenue. We are 13% in this nation that, sadly so, as I did research, our uh, spending habits uh, is at a rate of $1.6 trillion. That's how much currency we hold in terms of our spending habits. And we spend much of our money on clothes, alcohol, and drugs, according to the statistics. And so with that type of spending habit, that makes us the third richest nation in the world. And we, when we are looked upon in terms of our spending habits, that makes us less powerful and not a threat. But if we took half of that one point three six trillion dollars and put that in a a bank account for the sovereignty of you know the black community and and it's ten percent as a whole, that is a threat to the powers to be and that is a threat that will put the black community back to the forefront as uh, we were in the days of the Egyptian times, uh, being the indigenous people and uh, setting the stage for civilization. And that is uh, something that we would not see again. Um, simply, and people will not agree with this, but it is a divine order that the Bible says it best. Those who were first will be last and those who were last will be first. Well, we were first to kick this civilization, we were first. And so in time, we will be last. And the reason why we'll be last is because God is calling on us in a black community and other ethnic groups to operate in the body of Christ, not as individual nations in which many will be calling on us to separate, segregate, and come together as an individual nation. God is calling on us. Christ is calling on us as the church being Christ-elected people, to operate in the body, and that's where our success will be. But as long as we operate outside the body, we will find ourselves in a great demise and a great attack and be enslaved as we have been over the centuries. And so your question, to go back to your question, it's business first, and then it's color barriers, can't get them in the business community, which we know we can, then we'll get them on their skin color. We'll use that old avenue, the old weaponry in which we had in the early days. You were black man, you were Negro, so on and so on. You don't belong here. You will not survive here. You will not be ranked here. And so with that said, that's our wall. That's the petition in which we face day-to-day in our daily lives. Man, you are <laughs> you are hitting us with some powerful stuff,
2: man. And once again, if you're joining us, uh, we are on live here with uh, Reverend Anthony Martin out of the Washington, D.C. area, talking about his book, Stop Killing Me, Black Man. And if you did not catch this show from the very beginning, please go back and listen to the archive show. Uh, this guy is hitting us with some very deep stuff, and some things I wasn't even prepared for. Uh, but definitely, definitely, definitely. And and before the end of the show, uh, he's going to give out information um, about his book, Stop Killing Me, Black Man, when you can purchase it, uh, where you can purchase it from. So please stay tuned and, and, and uh and, and Rev I wanna just kinda give you a warning. I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna throw something I'm gonna throw something very biblical in here in just a second. Uh, <laughs> so 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 just be prepared. Um but I am gonna throw something biblical in here. Not not quite yet. Uh okay. but I'm gonna throw something biblical in here. And uh you know, before we do that though, going back to something else you said about uh, young black males standing on the corner looking to build a life for themselves, oftentimes we see that right especially in our lower income uh, areas uh, where the you know uh, the neighborhood is, the neighborhood is predominantly black. we tend to see that we see a lot of young men standing on the corners, or you know if you grow up in a uh, predominantly black neighborhood. You tend to, you know, hear the conversations. You tend to see the guys on the corner. You know, you you know what's going on. You hear the conversations, and people try to point the finger, or point the blame in a number of different directions. They try to say, "Oh well, mm-hmm. you know, if he had a father in his home, uh, then he would not be, um, you know, living that sort of lifestyle." If uh if his teachers were doing a better job if he would uh yes. if he were afforded a, a, a better uh, a better education, he'd be doing uh, different things uh or it's the government's fault it you know it, it, it's everyone's fault. but my question to you is, these young men are standing on the corner. Where do you think the deepest root of that concern is? with these young men standing on the corner. And the second part of that question is, what can society do to rectify this problem or at least slow it down? Um, my girlfriend, Samaria, who's, who's listening tonight, a gentleman that she grew up with um, was murdered um, over the weekend. And, you know, we're, we're, we're still getting... Um, you know facts about uh, about the whole situation, um, mm-hmm. and our prayers, our thoughts go out to that family most definitely, um, and condolences, you know, to them. And it's always sad to see young people. Like I said before, I don't care who it is. If a life is has been taken by anyone other than God, mm-hmm. it, it it is disturbing, at least for me. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing that that situation will only make the news in that city because mm-hmm. it was not a it was not a white man killing a young black male. It wasn't a mm-hmm. white police officer. It wasn't a white you know neighborhood watchman killing the police uh, killing a young black male. And we don't know what this young man was up to. We've heard a lot of different things. But what, what do you think that comes from where, where these young men feel like they have to be on the corner? since the fingers are pointed in a number of different directions, that's the first thing. Two, what can society do? And I don't care if it's a white man, if it's a black man, if it's a Hispanic man, uh, uh, you know, women. What can society do? to rectify this problem or at least slow it down mm-hmm. and then address well, the mm-hmm. situation with this young man?
0: Well, uh, the first thing, first question is what we do not know, or we do know it, but we do not address this issue, is many of the young black men that you see out here are homeless. A lot of the brothers are uh, sleeping in abandoned buildings, uh, especially in the Detroit area. There's a lot of abandoned buildings, a lot of places that are abandoned, and uh, when the economic picture for young black men being beyond 25 to 30% in terms of the unemployment rate, some areas is 44%, we, we don't realize and recognize the plight In the circumstances in which many of these young black men are under, they're homeless. They have no place to go. They are fighting for their lives. They are making babies, and their baby mamas are making noise, feed my child, do this, do that. And to have to go out to society daily and hear this cry, hear this cry from the woman that you uh, have connected with and made a child with, and even hear the cry of your own children begging for something to eat, which puts the pressure on these young black men who themselves do not have a clue or an answer of even knowing how to take care of their own selves. They lack tremendously in life skills and lack well enough that they have to figure this thing called life out as they move forward, and again, there are some young black men and women that, who uh, have had a beautiful life, who have graduated from high school, got their diploma, and some have degrees. Some have fathers and mothers who have done well for themselves, but it's through the excitement of being able to do failed drugs just for the sake of it, because it's, it's a bad It's a, a bad world. It's, a bad boy's world, if you will call it, and just offer the excitement alone leads one to do so, and they find themselves in a trouble. They find themselves in a the hole, and they don't have to be. And so what society can do, in a manner of your second question, is it's, like, it's too much like right that uh, the, many of the local governments stop funding law enforcement to... Uh, going forth in a community to curb the drug usage and selling in the community and locking up these young black men and women, putting them in the jails for the sake of thinking that they're curbing things, but only what they're doing is they are putting in the mind of these young black men learning how to do things different to outwit the police officer to be able to sell the drug at a more uh, fine-tuned manner, at a more sophisticated manner that it becomes a cat-and-mouse game as opposed to it becoming change-your-life game. And so when they put them in these community, and these jail cells and throw them in these programs, they throw them in the programs to seek to curb their appetite for drugs because many other young black men go in there to say they were using drugs and they put them in the wrong program for rehabilitation as opposed to putting them in life skill programs. And then once they come out, they come out into a society in which their voting rights is stripped. They say that the government has been changed to where one can vote and so on and so on. Even if you are able to vote, what does that do for you in the exercising and the uh, brandishing, taking your life to another level, opening a door for you to have a better economic picture? What does that do in your vote? You vote for one to go into office to do the right thing in which you believe to have done, but then turn around and see the same politician do, uh, do something in a manner that would get themselves Uh, in trouble with the law, Uh, locked up, locked down, that kind of thing. But in the aspect of going forth into these programs, you need programs that is going to teach life skills to these young black men because many of them don't know. They don't understand how to take care of themselves. They don't know the mannerism of balancing a checkbook. They don't know how to go into a bank and open up a bank account. Many of them don't know. Uh, how to sit before a corporate representative and speak with plain, clean English to uh, open up an account, to discuss business, to uh, take themselves and, and escalate their lives to a higher level, do not have the proper English grammar because many of them, again, are homeless, dropped out of school, And the only language in which they know how to speak is the street language. Don't know anything in terms of speaking openly and clearly for themselves that they could get uh, business done. And so they fall in the gap. They fall in the gap to the business community and not knowing how the business community operates. And so the only thing that they become in the business community is the help. They become the help and not one who... Is able to help the business community exceed to another level, but is one who the business community help to try to live, sustain their lives. And immediately, if they bring on a black man in that in the arena, the first thing they are afraid of in the business community is the attitude of the average brother. What's your attitude like? And once you're getting into that community, you you generate an attitude, then you quickly get pushed out the door, and so you have to come humble. Well, how does one come, become humble when his life was in the streets, when he has no uh, thought pattern or, or education or no idea of knowing how to humble himself, being driven in the streets, having to fight for his life and listen to the cry of his own children day in and day out, hungry, not having, not doing. And so the society has to put life skill programs together and open the door that one could have housing for him and his family and lead him, if he does not have his diploma, lead that one. Get that one back to getting his diploma or GED, and then from there be educated, sure enough, be educated, and be educated to the point that if a job, is not opening its doors to you. At least you have the education to take the same energy in which you are putting out in the drug world and create your own economics, establish your, your own small business to establish you and bring your 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 so-called girlfriend or wife into the picture, that you can establish a corporation with your family and learn how to establish your own business, learn how to write a proposal, learn how to do a grant, learn how to uh, put together an LLC or an incorporation, those kinds of things, as opposed to standing on the block and learning how to escape from the police hands of selling death and destruction to your own people, and then in the midst of you selling death and destruction, demand, and you are refusing to lose such a high demand because this is the way I eat. This is the way I live. This is the life that I know, and that's a justification to you to continue doing on as opposed to justifying the fact that it was wrong that you're out there and that there's not enough that you're doing to choose to go, which is right. And so, too, the, the young brother who was, was killed, in an unfortunate manner. I don't know the circumstances behind that, but it's unfortunate that oftentimes we either find ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time, or we may be in a place that we know very well that we shouldn't be, or you could be an innocent bystander and moving forward earnestly and honestly in your life. And because of your innocence, because of your 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 excellent ways and means, because of your righteous walk, Jeff will have a way of sending one of envy your way. And envying you because you may not show that you got a million dollars. You may not show that you are somebody. But your character, your integrity, your thinking, your behavior pattern, your 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 philosophy, your actions, you're, you're walking upright, shoulders high, showing that you ain't no weak-willed man. You're a strong man with a strong mind. And someone of a weaker nation or a weaker mind looks at you and quickly become envy of you and decide that they want to reach out and step into your path and seek to bother you to know what you're doing, where you're going, what you got. And from that point, it leads to a falling of one's life, a robbery, or anything of that nature, and that's the, way, that's the nature in which we face in our daily lives. And that's why it's important that we be prayed up before walking out that door. Turn your life over to God that he has his hand upon your life to direct your steps as you enter into society and show you which way to go and which way not to go. And if one does cut you down, at least you being one that is saved and full of the Holy Spirit, that if you get cut down, your loved ones will miss you surely enough, but your life will not be lost
2: because I'm going to jump safe, in here real quick, uh, Reverend Martin. Um, yep. <laughs> man, <laughs> and, uh, and, and just a second, um, I want you to kind of, uh, summarize, uh you know, the, 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 the major talking points because you've touched on a lot of interesting things tonight and, uh, we, we, we've just had some people to tune in, but I want to take our caller, uh, very quickly and get their question, um, or their comment, um, Thank you so much, caller, for waiting. We are pulling in area code 301. The last four digits are 1296. Go ahead, call You're on there air with us.
3: Hello, everyone. This is Tamaria.
2: Um, I Hi, think Temeria. the conversation...
3: Hi. (laughs) Um, The conversation has definitely been um, really good. And, Reverend Martin, the funny thing was when I was on hold, some of the thoughts that I had with regard to what goes on in our society um, amongst black men and women, um, you actually hit on a lot of those points because oftentimes it's easy to assume because the person that was the victim of murder or crime or whatever the case may be, it's easy to assume that because drugs are so rampant in our community that most people will just assume, oh, they probably did something bad. But I'm glad that you mentioned that that's not always the case. And sometimes it just happens to be that they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's gang initiations. There's a whole lot of things that go on that we don't know behind the scenes. Um, Mm -hmm. But the one thing we do know is that right now we are definitely wrestling against principalities and evil spirits, because what's yes, going people. on in this society is ridiculous. And yes. I cried for a while yesterday just thinking about um just the state of our society and the young man that I grew up with knowing his family like i i look at them like family and yeah i may not have seen him for a long time but the love is still there and i have love for him and his for and for his family and it's very tragic and i don't know what mm-hmm. the circumstances are but i know that it's wrong yes.
0: yes
3: um and it's very unfortunate and i i remember driving uh, in a neighborhood probably a year ago and i just saw some young black men walking and i just started crying because i said For them, they may not have the same chance as a Caucasian man or another race because someone's going to look at them and automatically label them regardless of who they are because they don't get a chance to know them. And I think it's twofold. Those people, meaning the people in our community, have to stand up and accept responsibility for the things that they do and they have to make better choices. But I also think that it takes people investing in them. And a lot of times, unless someone thinks they can benefit from someone, or they can use them I, I think you use the time to help That is, a, a lot of times That's the case, they look at a lot of us As the help Unless mm-hmm. they can make me look good I don't want to mentor them I don't want to bring them up in my corporation I don't want to invest in them Because mm-hmm. they don't believe in them Ooh. But that doesn't mean that we can't believe in ourselves So Absolutely. if each of us you know, reach back and help someone else. And even just saying hi sometimes makes a difference. And you just you never know what people are going through, and you may have Mm -hmm. that one opportunity to talk to that person and change their life or change their direction just by something you say. And for our black men, for those that are in powerful positions, to reach back and talk to those young men and don't turn your nose up at them because, hey, you've made it, now is a greater opportunity for you to pull someone else up and help them and let them see that there are powerful black men and black women in the community that are doing well, that are not on the streets. And I think, um, you know, that goes back to the role models. If they see people in their community that look like you and I and Rodney and Tammy and everybody else that may be listening to this show, if they see people that are doing well, that are not on the streets, maybe they'll think to themselves, hey, I have a chance. Mm.
2: That's right. That's it. Yes indeed. Be, be, so we'll do it. Before you respond before you respond, uh Reverend Mark, we've had a lot of people to tune into uh the show recently, uh, to log on. Um, so before you respond, hold that thought. Here's what I would exactly. like to do. Um, and for those of you just joining us, I do apologize. Um, I did start the show um an hour earlier. Um um you know, so we did. We did start at eight o'clock Eastern time, seven o'clock Central time. Um, I do apologize uh, for for the uh, for the early start time, but once again, we're on uh, live with Reverend Anthony Martin. Uh, he is the author of the book "Stop Killing Me, Black Man." So, before you respond to that, I want you to kind of just give the people uh, maybe a thirty-second snapshot into the book. Um, and tell them a little bit about yourself, and then respond to um, our caller.
0: Well, the book uh, basically speaks to the plight of the the black man and his life uh, in these uh, United States. And it speaks to the nature in which we live, the nature in which we survive. It talks about our history uh, in this nation. It talks about Uh, many of our black leaders and the civil rights movement as to where uh, all things began with us uh, coming up in the 40s, 50s, and the 60s and how black life was, even though it was under a threatening environment, black business was striving on the rise. Uh, The black community itself uh, stood together as a whole community and stood together strongly that many in the, day, in the days of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, we stood together so strong that our neighbors were our extended family members where uh, when you stepped off your porch, knowing full well that your father or your mother uh, informed you not to go, your neighbor would look out and say to you, uh, did you get permission to walk off your porch? Did you get permission to do this and do that? And many of the days of those early times, our community was a tight-knit community where we were successful in our lifestyle. And, in fact, uh, to speak on the police back in those days, it was uh, almost like committing suicide, that if an officer came to knock on one's door, that your father back in those days would be worse than the police. Your mother, following your father's footsteps, would be worse than the police. And I can remember my life, uh, having the father in which I had and the mother in which I had, that raising six of us and bringing us up uh, in uh, Catholic school, all six of us, and, um, you know, pretty much uh, living a tight-knit lifestyle, in which I call the matriarch and the patriarch, which is my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, living across the street from us and overseeing us as a whole family and making sure we live and, and, and stuck together and so the book in itself uh, speaks to the plight and the lifestyle of the black community and which way we need to go as today, and dealing with the death, dealing with, dealing with the death of the black community, dealing with the the, 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 the death and the, and the death rate that is uh, a national threat. It's a national threat, and this is how we need to look at it. We are dealing with a national threat of this society as a whole to watch black men dying to the level in which they are and not being accounted for—a national threat. What would you say?
2: What would you say to our what would you say to our callers uh, to our callers um, uh, comments? What would you say?
0: She spoke very well. Um, she spoke uh, truly to the essence uh, to piggyback off of what uh, was said. And she spoke in a manner that uh, added to the words in which uh, you and I have been speaking on. And it is greatly appreciated to even hear a woman come on and give her perspective to what she in her life sees in her uh, day-to-day travels. And so with, 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 that, with that being said, um, it, it, it means great to get a perspective from both man and woman. And to hear that perspective, it should, if you will, it should enlighten those of us to know that there are people out here who is concerned. We are greatly concerned. And our uh, so-called leaders, as we see them, have, to me, stepped away from this issue and given too much attention to other issues. And only coming back to the issue of black-on-black death and destruction only when, as you spoke in the beginning of this broadcast, when the media does, when the media gives hype to it, When the media gives attention to it, that's the uh, ill-gotten gain agenda is what I call. Jump on it so that your face can be seen, so that you can be at least seen to showing that you care in front of the camera. And once the lights go off, then you go home and sit in your comfortable home and eat your solid foods and wherever your castle is. And then the brothers are still on the corner finding their way to the path of death and destruction. Mm. So, so let me ask
2: you. Let, let me ask you this, um, and, and and to our caller, you, you, you're more than welcome to uh, to uh, uh, jump back in on this. Um, why do you think that the media is more interested in promoting? white men killing young black males or uh, white officers killing, killing young black males as opposed to the number of black males killing black males, uh, which is happening at a, very, uh, at a much faster rate. Why, why do you think that is so?
0: Well, first of all, we have to understand the history in which the black and the white community has had First and foremost, the black community, uh, we are the indigenous people, and so we started civilization. And so uh, by divine order, that time had came to an end where a new level of people coming forth and taking that uh, majority position. And so any time that the weaker, lesser people can take down the kingdom people, then the greatest thing to do is to hold position. And so what they will continue to do as they hold uh, that majority position and they get a taste of being the majority people, they fight and they battle to hold position. But what the people don't understand is your position is not held because of what you do or the the strength and ability that you have. It is only held because by divine order. God gave you that permission to, to do so. But your time is coming to an end too. So what they do is it's called damage control, number one, and then, secondly, it's basically a control of a community. One thing that the white community has learned over the years is how to sustain us. How do they do it? Especially with the black man. Keep him angry, we keep him controlled. And so that's where our, our, our issue is. Keep them mad and angry over the history in which we have with one another. And keep the sight of a a white man uh, taking the life of a black man for the fear factor purposes, the fear factor purposes of saying, we rule, we're the majority, we control, and this is what you, this is what our history is, and this is what our history will remain. And so therefore, any time that you think to get out of line, we're going to remind you of this history. And so it's, 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 it's very, uh, 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 let's say, business-like in a sense for the powers-to-be to, be to uh, exercise the sight of this thing because the 1% enjoys such a, a insight, such a, 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 a show is what I call it, and it's business. It's good business in a sense when you are showing the plight of a community being cut down by their own. It's basically saying, look at them. We gave them opportunity. We gave them all that they had. We gave them all that they need in life. And so, therefore, still as we give them everything they need to be successful, look what they choose. They choose death and destruction over success. And not saying the fact of why we're choosing death and destruction. In many cases, we're forced. We're forced to the hand of death and destruction. And so we have to fight every day to battle our way out from death and destruction to a successful life. And as we fight, the most powerful people on the face of this earth is the black man and woman. As we fight to get out of the hand and the path of death and destruction, the weaker nations fight to keep you in it because the plight is never to allow you to rule ever again. Never to allow you to be the majority ever again, because if we give you that position, we will never find it again. Hold,
2: hold, hold that, hold, hold that, hold that thought, uh, Reverend. Mark. We actually have another caller, and uh, uh, this this person, I, I won't give out too too much information, but um, uh, just just a woman I am very fond of. So I don't know if she meant to press number one, but I hope she is willing to. Sh- uh, to share some uh, some of her wisdom uh, with all of our callers, as she has with me over my 31 years of living. We're going to pull in area code 757, and the last four digits are 5710. Caller, are you there?
4: Yes.
2: <laughs> hello.
4: Well, hello there, grandson. You are doing very well. I'm so proud of you.
2: Uh, well, thank you, I'm glad, I, I got so excited when I saw your number
4: But yeah, you know, I was going to tune in and support you, I'm so proud of what you're
2: doing uh, I do appreciate that, how, how is everything?
4: But everything is fine, everything is fine this on this end, and everything is fine on your end Because you're still going strong, and I praise the Lord for that, that he's blessing you well
2: Yes, ma'am, thank you so much
4: Mhm.
2: So, so, I'm glad so, so to hear so, so, you.
4: I'm glad to hear, huh?
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening.
4: I'm glad to hear you on your talk show. I'm really proud of that. I tell you, <laughs> all those days I drove you to Norview Middle School really paid off.
2: <laughs> you were
4: listening to the teacher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so I got. So, so, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So, so, what do you think about now now greg we 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 see in the in the news uh, uh more so lately probably than ever before, where you know there's a a, a large number of black males um, losing their lives to uh, white males, particularly law law enforcement but tonight we're kind of focusing on the fact that we can't lose sight of the fact that black on black death and destruction is, is is happening at a faster rate than you know the media is putting out you know these white on black crimes. What do what are your thoughts on uh, you know just just black on black crime in general or or what you know what you think when you see young men with their pants hanging down? What you see? What you think when you see uh, you know? when you hear about blacks killing blacks or black males killing other black males or, or drugs or those things, wh- what what are your thoughts?
4: Well, my thoughts on the blacks killing the blacks and, you know, and a lot of them um you know, the young, the young generation. And, you know, the first problem is society has allowed them to be able to get all these guns. So they are looking oh. at that and they walk around with these guns as a way of life. And if you go out with a gun, it's, you're planning to shoot it if you have to. So, you know, the society need to put a stop to allowing all these guns to come out in the streets and among people. You know, they go out for a Friday night or Saturday night dance, and what did you hear? Three or four people got shot at the dance because that people have cool. free Free, freely have guns And there's no control over it And that's not a thing that should be You should not be able to walk around Freely just carrying a gun Like you carrying On telephone So that's mm. one thing That's really wrong with the society As you try to do What you try to do now You try to do something positive To help our society to improve Then on the other hand They're doing things to take them back.
1: So
2: that's interesting.
4: That's my that's my thoughts. They have these they too freely with these guns out there. Everybody have guns. Even some parents have guns in their house. You know, people are living too fearful of a life.
2: Mm. Reverend Mark, what do you think? Uh,
0: And and to add on to what Mother said. Surely enough, uh, the gun and the uh, uh, open door policy, in a sense, of the drugs that uh, is flowing into the community, that is one uh, major issue that we are faced with. But that's an issue in which our political powerhouses, you know, uh, fight, uh, in a sense, to keep uh, flowing simply because you have the NRA who is screaming about the rights of carrying guns and so forth and so on. And, of course, uh, when it comes to the drug issue, the drug issue is, a, is an entertainment use. It's great entertainment, and, 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 it, and it basically is a pleasure-seeking uh, uh, um, um, scenario. Uh, and so what we, for the most part, I believe, have to uh, happen here is the education of one. Be educated to the plight of you carrying a gun and what your purpose for carrying a gun. Be educated to the usage of such drugs, the selling of such drugs, educated to the fact of the consequences that you will face. Why would you uh, want to continue to uh, hit the block and sell the drug to the level that you do when you've already been locked up 20 times, knowing full well, that the first $500 you get or $1,000 you get and you think you're doing something, here come the police and they've seen you. So they lock you up and put you in for six months, to a year, or more. You come back out and do the same thing over and over and over again that lets you know that your game is not a successful game. It's not a game in which you can play all the time. So try something different, brother. Move on to something different. Learn, learn how to be accountable for your life. What is accountability? Being disciplined in your walk to working a job, a job that many have opportunity to get, but because of one's attitude and life skills, uh, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, don't know how to maintain such a job. Black man has a testosterone issue. Say something wrong to him, he losing his cool. He want to fight. Forget the job, I'm going back to the block where I can cuss, smoke, drink, live my life, but you don't want to be accountable to others who you have brought in your life, such as the young young lady that you got pregnant, such as the son or the daughter that you brought into this world. Once you bring a child into this world, it's no longer about you, black man. It's about your child. So you have to do in a course of your child, not about your desire to sell a drug and make a name for yourself. It's about doing what's right that your child does not have to get on that bus with that mother and come see you behind bars, can't hold your hand, can't hug you, can't kiss you, get his or her diaper changed. Because so you behind bars for no, no good reason. And so, therefore, get got to get educated. got to get educated. And get educated to the nature of what you are facing. You are a making, pawn in this game. You are pawn. Making good
2: points, man. Definitely making some good points. Grandma well, Shirley, uh, any anything else you you, you want to uh, share with the people before you get off uh, before you get off the air?
4: Well, um, no, you go ahead. You, you all go ahead on. I'm, I'm listening, and it is all good. You know, we just have to try to work to try to get these guns out of out of society and off the streets. Because as long as they give them freedom to carry them, they're gonna carry them. But that's where the problem lies.
2: That that is that is very true. Get them guns um, out of
4: your hands and get them in college.
2: That that would really that would really be a nice thing. Um and, and, and I'm gonna pose a question real quick and and, and feel free to jump in, uh, Shirley, uh before you before you go out of queue. But here's my question. Does the government the government now because the government is is, is the power be, behind all of the powers. Does the government really want guns to be off of the streets? Does the government want guns to be out of the hands of people who are careless? Does the government want our children to go to college? Is that what the government really wants?
4: Well, you know... I better not answer that question on the air, (laughs) because because some things, some things is trying to take you back to where you come from. And, and, you know, and they put uh, stuff in your obstacles, in your way, and temptation, and Mm -hmm. like the man just said, you get disgusted on your job, and you say, I'm going back to the corner. That's the easy thing, but that's not the right thing but you have to be strong enough to press on for the right thing. So you don't need guns. You did not need guns. In the 1950s or 60s or early 70s, they didn't have everybody on the street with a gun.
1: Mm-hmm. And
4: they didn't do as much violence then as you have now. Now you find an undertaker shop open it up. At least every year, but you didn't used to have. But you know, just three or four undertaker shot. But now you got plan plenty, cause they all need it.
2: That is so, so very true. To,
4: um, they need to uh, strengthen up and put the guns down and concentrate on education and getting a good job and, and living a good fruit for Godly life. That that is so
2: that's the all idea. I'm gonna say now. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Right, I'm gonna take you out the queue but I don't want you to go anywhere because I do have a, a big announcement. So I don't want you to go anywhere but I will take oh, I'm you on the queue. I'm a I'ma listen. Okay. Okay. We All have right. a uh thank you so much,
4: Okay now. All
2: right. We have a uh we have another caller, uh, Reverend Mark, so we're gonna pull our caller in. Um, our right. caller is coming from area code 901, and the last four digits are 2877. Caller, you're on the air. Hello,
5: hello, hello. How's everyone doing? This is There's Tammy. is my girl Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I haven't been in that long, but but I've just been listening, and It's been enjoyable. I wish I had heard everything. But I do have a a few comments, and I have a couple of questions as well. Um, Rodney, I go back to what you say quite often, that, that we as a people have gotten so far away from the word of God and God and seeking God and putting God first in everything and and. I remember growing up where men were respected. Um, a man could walk in the room and change the tone of the room, whether he was educated uh, or not. Whether he cleaned the streets, picked up the trash, he was a man. He was respected because, in most cases, as I remember, he was a man of God. He was a man of honor, a man of his word, regardless of what his his. Job was, or the degree he has, and I think we we put so much emphasis on all of these things and all of this stuff until we, like our our, the guest said, it leaves some people angry because, in a sense, they feel disvalued because they don't feel that those things are obtainable for them. Not saying that it's not. So we we've disconnected from God, number one in my opinion, first and, and before we can bring education, school, and whatever it is, because if you go to those places without God, then you're just going to be more of who you already are. It's just going to bring mm-hmm. out all of that dysfunction on a higher level. So number one, as a people, we stop serving God. The, in, mm-hmm. in, my, in my opinion, the, the man, the men stop putting God first. In that household and, and I know this is about men And maybe maybe there needs to be a book about the women Women we step back and, and, and we stop praying We stop seeking God as well We stop teaching our kids To honor their fathers and their dads And we started being so lax On on our men And just just accepting Anything and everything Because we in some sense Started to do anything and everything So the roles have switched Values have changed, if there are any at all, because we did better when we had less. We mm. did seemingly. Say,
2: say that again, say that again, say that again.
5: I mean, really, in my opinion, we did better when we had less. We respected mm-hmm. each other when we had less, seemingly. Mm-hmm. But, but we had more because we put God first. We honored mm-hmm. God. We were taught to honor God as children. I never forget. My grandmother, I tried to play sick. This, this, this has stayed with me all the years of my life. Try, I wasn't sick at all. Got up, told my grandmother, I'm sick. I don't, I, don't, I can't go to church. And when she said, you don't go to church today, you go, you're going to be sick the rest of the week to next Sunday. Let's see how you feel next Sunday, because you won't be outside anywhere. And mm. we weren't sent to the back. We had Sunday school. A child can get up now and tell you, and this started long ago. I don't want to go to church. No, they don't need a reason. They don't want to go. And even if they go in today's society, we don't, they will sit up and be on their phone. They, the parents allow them to bring their video games to church and play them where we couldn't chew gum, couldn't laugh, couldn't talk, couldn't look, couldn't turn around and look at the back of the church because that meant you're not paying attention. So although we, we weren't maybe taking all that in, we heard something. We took something away that that led us to values, morals and ethics and respecting our elders and respecting our fathers and our mothers and, and those and our neighbors. We respected adults. You I pass my kids today in this world as an adult and and they won't move out of the street from me. They won't they look at me like you better stop. When we were mm-hmm. taught when you see a car turn on the you could be on the other end of the street the car turns down. You're already getting out of the road. So by the time they get to where you are, you've been out of their way five minutes. Amen. Because respect. So number one, we got to get back to a place of God first. We want to go and hear about Jesus, but no one want to want to live like Jesus. No one want to make those Amen. sacrifices and give up those selfish desires. No one don't want to renew that mind and stop being conformed to this world. Amen. Addicted to this world because we can't do both. You can't do both, and you can't seek God's word and God's kingdom and His righteousness and not change. You cannot, because His word says, "You seek and you shall find." So if we if, if we got to get back there first. But we're so busy searching and and going after the world, and still going to church on Sunday and thinking that's gonna that that's gonna be it, mm-hmm. but it's not. Because it's going to come a a time, and the Word tells us that. Seek God while he can still be found and while he's near. So that tells you there's going to come a time where you'll seek whatever you've done. It's over. Mm -hmm. God can no longer be found where it will help you in a sense. And he's no longer near. He is now there before you, or you're there before him. Mm -hmm. So what if the last thing we do, say, think, Is the very last thing we do say and think before seeing our Father. But we don't look at it like that. We look at this life as being it. This is where Mm -hmm. I need to get my glory. Not God get his. It it has become about us and not God. And see, we can't, you can't get, you can't, you just cannot glorify yourself. Not in that sense. So we're looking Mm -hmm. for something that this world cannot give us, and it has made our men angry. It has made women want things that we were not designed to want or desire. Mm -hmm. So it's taken us out of the home as mothers. So children are coming into empty homes, whereas there was never an empty home, even if nobody was home, because like the guest said, the neighbors were your parents. Mm. Somebody knew whose child you was or whose grandchild you was. Somebody knew what you could do and what you could not do. Somebody knew at this time you supposed to be in the house.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Somebody knew that you're not even supposed to be on this side of town because they knew grandmama, mama, somebody. Right. And you knew. If they saw you, you knew when you got home it was almost over. that walk or their run home was a long walk because you knew. By the time you got there, they already knew. hmm We've missed that. We don't want to do that with our own children, within our own family, let alone with the neighbor's child. So I, 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 what do we do? I guess what is the solution? How, how do we get back to that place, um, number one, of not just being church goers but being the church? Because without God, y'all, we are really nothing. And this, it really makes you just want to go home. When I say go home, like, come on, God. Because without him, the world is just getting to be too much for me. Mm-hmm. So what are the solutions? How do we, how we get our kids? We've got to start somewhere because the kids I see today, they're just so searching for what the adults are searching for. They're never satisfied with anything, yet they have everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Our young man will kill for a pair of shoes because that mm-hmm. brings them value. That makes them think that they're valuable. How do you change that mindset At the age of 12, 13, 14 How do you get them to see life as life Valuable
0: mm. Should I answer that?
5: Yeah <laughs>
0: oh, <shut up. laughs>
5: well, well, oh my here's goodness the first thing,
0: Here's the first thing that happens The primary place of worship Is the home. And we have gotten accustomed to the secondary place of worship. The secondary place of worship is the big old building in which we call the church, and that's not the the primary place. So where you start with all things, you start in the home. Because Paul says it best, anyone who wishes to do God's business, you can't do God's business unless your home life is together. First, have your home life together. Husband in place, wife in place, respecting the husband, and the children respecting the wife, respecting the mother. And the Father. And so, therefore, starting home and having a consistent lifestyle in God at the home, what we need to understand is, is that, for one, man is on a 24-hour service with God. Eight hours of work, eight hours of service between man and God, and eight hours of rest. And so, in his 24-hour service, that's his everyday life. He then goes to work for eight hours, not particularly a job or so forth. Job is one. But God gives man a passion, a purpose, an assignment that he must work on for God. And whatever man's purpose and passion is and assignment is, he works to that for the 8 hours time. Then coming off of his assignment, he goes into the home, overseeing the home and the wife, and the children, and during that eight hours of service, it's dinner, then from dinner, go into a Bible study setting. Set your children down and all open that scripture and study that word for eight hours. And then for eight hours of that time, then the children are laid down into the bed, and then the husband and the wife then goes into their eight hours of rest, where they then first discuss the next day affairs. They discuss the family Uh, uh, um, plans of the day or tomorrow or the future. And then wake up and do that thing all over again. That's how the 50s were. That's how the 60s were. That's how the 70s were. But the 80s came in with opportunity for individualism. Leading the black woman off to uh, uh, greater opportunity. Pushing the black man to a lesser opportunity. And then envy setting in to a level that the black man then chooses to step out from the family because of hardship that he has to face in his day-to-day life. He goes out to the job site. He is faced with an angry boss, a threatening boss, and then he comes home from the job site, and then now he is faced with a woman who challenges his manhood and challenges him to the fact that, I'm making more than you. What do you have? What are you doing for us? Step up to the game and do more. Putting pressure on the black man to do so much more that he has to support her uh, particularly uh, uh, desires. And so that becomes a challenging thing. And so now the black man is not, or man, period, as we shall say, is not respected for the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom in which he holds he's respected for whatever wealth he can bring. Mm -hmm. So therefore, Mm. when you get back to the point of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, and that's why the Bible speaks of it well to say that you must operate in God. Why? Because operating in the kingdom of God you are held accountable for your wrongdoing, your wrong thinking, your wrong attitudes, your philosophy, your behavior, and your actions, and conviction sets in on you because God did not put you in such a position to act out the way you do. Speaking of the woman and the man, the man has no business putting the woman out front in the position in which God gave him, and he then brings the child up to an equal position to him, and so the woman then looks back see the man and see the child and see them both as children as opposed Mm. to seeing one as what he's supposed to be. He is the foundation of the home. He ain't the head of the home. Being the head of the household means he's standing on the roof, adding weight to the house. You're the foundation, black man and man. Foundation means you're holding up the home steady and well enough that if all things go wrong, you're holding that pressure. And you holding up the home and everything in it. And the woman and the children are setting the platform, setting the stage right that the home is livable. Livable in accordance to the Word of God. And not livable in accordance to the ways of this world. And that's the site. That's the plight. That's the avenue that one must get back to. Get out from this money-making, dirty, filthy, lucrative game that the church is playing into and come back home to your home. But the Bible says don't forsake, the, facility. Don't forsake the, the, the church house. Do not forsake the assembly. So, therefore, you must come together as a community, as a kingdom community, and honor and glorify God. Yes. But take that same mannerism that you're taking into the secondary place in which you call the church. You find the worst of the worst people going into the church house with the best of discipline. But once they leave that place and go back home, all hell breaks through. And you can't even find God in them people. And so therefore, you take that same attitude and go back home with it and maintain it. Just like you are standing before pastor, preacher, teacher in the church house. And you do that, then you do as the church of the old. I remember back in the day that the church stood on the block, they held the whole thirteen block radius down that anybody, any family within the 13-block Raiders of that church house, they respected the church house, and they called themselves members of this church, and if any family got out of hand, it went back to the pastor, and with the pastor came down to the home and dealt with that foolishness. And if you walked out of that community of the 13-block Raiders, you walked into another community that a church held authority over. We don't have that today. Today's churches is not respected in the community. All. We only respect why why the do you think you that the churches
5: the are not? I'm sorry. Why do, you, why do you feel that people don't respect the churches in the community anymore?
0: Because the church and its teachings are not effective enough to help people understand how to live God. That's the nature. It. You must know, understand, and have the wisdom of how to live God, and we lost that. Reason why many of us don't read the Bible today because the Bible demands that you do. Change. But many of us rather listen to watered down versions of the pastor preacher teaches to itch our ears. It just in a sense to make us feel good, tell us things that we want to hear as opposed to things that we don't want to hear. And the Bible is a two edged sword, a word that will cut on both sides and tell you the things that you don't want to hear, and those things that you don't want to hear are the effective things that will take your life to the next
1: level. Mm. <laughs>
2: uh, man, I I, I I have really enjoyed this show. Uh, Reverend uh, Anthony Martin, you, you have tremendously uh, blessed me just so much, and, and I'm trying to write um, as, as you're talking because I, I'm just learning a lot here. I have a question. Um, we're, we're, we're down to the last 15 minutes of the show. Uh, so I do, have a question for, I do have a question for both you and Tammy. Um, and, he, and here's my question. What do you think about non-physical black-on-black destruction? Uh, and, and keep in mind, reality shows, hip-hop mm-hmm. or rap songs, mm-hmm. the lack of parenting, Children wearing a hundred dollar shoes, and but but there are no books in the home. They come to me mm-hmm. with no pencil and paper, but yet they have on hundred dollar, two hundred dollar pair of shoes. Uh, this, this this site, I don't know how long it's been out, but World Star Hip Hop. You know, we, we see these videos on social media all the time on YouTube, where you mm-hmm. know blacks are fighting blacks. It's, what do you think about it when it's not necessarily a, a, a black man selling um, or a black person selling another black person drugs or a black person stabbing another black person or a black person shooting another person, but just the, the poison that's out there that isn't necessarily going to take your life today, but it's killing black people over a period of time. What do you think about those things? Uh, and I want both of you to to, to, to go in on that.
0: Well, the um, first thing I would say, I would give it to the Bible. The Bible says it best. Our people perish because of lack of knowledge. So that's the case. It's a total lack of knowledge. It's a total lack of knowledge for the uh, uh, the how to live God. And when you do not have such knowledge on the very – one who gave you life, when you do not have that knowledge, when you do not seek the very one who gave you life, who put you here for a purpose, not your own purpose. He put you here for his purpose. So every day you have no business going forth, doing anything in your life without God's permission. You must seek permission first before you move forward. When you don't seek permission, then you'll fall into the gap of those things. The reality shows, the hip-hop foolishness, that foolishness, this foolishness, and it's easy for that to take place because people are pleasure seekers, brother. They're pleasure seekers. What do you think, gonna I'm
5: going to go back to the pleasure. I so agree there. However, when it comes to knowledge, I feel that the majority of us have enough to start, we don't want mm-hmm. to change. Is it what you mm-hmm. said? Um, and I jotted this down because you spoke about m- the women and men coming back to the home, and the women wanting them to fulfill their desires. And 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 what stuck out to, to me there is their desires, not their needs, because the mm-hmm. some of the things that we desire as people today, God has nothing to do with, and it's not a mm-hmm. need. It's it's gotten so so with me until I feel bad about going to Mm. buy food for weeks because I know I just need enough for today and I might can feed somebody else today if I not Mm. worry about tomorrow. When you get into seeking God, people, your life, you no longer know Mm. who you are. Your thoughts are not your thoughts your, what you want to do, you find yourself not being able to do. So, again, going back to God, but at the same time, my good people, we've got to stop saying we don't have the knowledge, because if you don't have it, then you certainly know where to get it if you want it. Mm. It's, it's right. that we don't want to be changed. We want to stay in this world. We want to do this world. And then we hope that when our last thoughts, last actions, last words, are done, that God, that grace and mercy will still be there. I'm going to take it back to a scripture that I sent you, two scriptures. uh, And, Rodney, I sent you one of them. And in this time of solitude, the first Thessalonians, um, I think it was two, I think it was two, but I'm going to find that real quick, and I want to read that one to you guys. And then the other one is one of my favorites, Romans 1, where he says he he will turn you over to your reprobate mind. See, Mm -hmm. again, we can't do both. You've got to choose.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You've got to choose God or this world. You cannot do mm-hmm. both because his word does not lie. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Knock and the door shall open. We're not knocking and we're not seeking, not God. And so our selfish desires, our competitive nature towards one another now, because we look at each other as I've got to eliminate you if I'm going to get what it takes to fulfill my selfish desires. If I want to get that that purse, if I want my hair hair nails and all of this to match with my outfit that cost and then I don't want to get it from Walmart. I want it to be name brand. So now in my in my mind, they're going to only let a few of us in that look like me. So my brother, I and my sister, I have to eliminate you so that envy comes in. That destruction comes in. I got to destroy you if I want to get to that point to where I can look like the Joneses. Look like them, not them, because if you're them, you don't have to eliminate anybody. And what we don't understand that look around us, look around you people, the people that have it, that have given up so much to get it, they're killing themselves off more than the people that, who don't have it. Because at the end of the day, you were designed to glorify God and to fulfill his purpose. And as you run about and try to fulfill it with these things, people, places, you will find yourself always without something. Nothing will ever be enough, and that's exactly what we're doing to our children. Nothing Amen. is ever enough. They want the. They got mm-hmm. an iPhone four at ten years, ten years old, and now they want the iPhone six. For what?
0: Mhm.
5: And don't want to bring a book <laughs> home from school.
2: Amen. <laughs> Amen. That is that, that is so very true. Uh, We're down down to the last 10 minutes, and uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. And and please stay with us for these last uh, 10 minutes. We have some very valuable information uh, to give out to you uh, over these last 10 minutes. Um, So what I would like to do now is to have Reverend Martin uh, tell you more about his book uh, that we've been discussing tonight, which is Stop Killing Me, Black Man, um if uh if the ebook is already out, uh let the people know mm-hmm. about that, uh where they can uh access the ebook, where they can get it from, uh the printed version. Um and anything else you want to share with the people. Uh we're down to about seven minutes, uh, mind. Right. and then we'll have uh, some closing remarks by Sammy and then I'll uh go ahead and, and finish the show out. Um and I have some some very big news, so I hope you'll stay with us for these last seven minutes. Go ahead, Reverend
0: Martin. Uh, certainly, the the, the book uh, "Stop Killing Me, Black Man: Black on Black Death, Death and Destruction" is definitely online as the ebook at this time, and it's on uh, it's sold out on Amazon.com. You can also go on my blog website, which is www.thekingdomcultureblog.wordpress.com, and you can get it there. Um, I want to throw a quick poem that I wrote out that I put, uh, put together uh, to end uh, this thing in terms of myself, and the name of the poem is Choose to Be Black Man. If you think of yourself to be a murderer, then you think right. Any man who hates his brother, God says, is a murderer. No matter what has brought you to where you are, it is up to you to choose to be Has any principal powers beyond your control forced you not to be or held you up? Absolutely so. Do you know how to move forward from such powers to be? Do you want to move forward from such a stronghold? Though others may be to blame for who you've become, you are accountable. Though you may have many reasons to feel pity for yourself, it will not add one day to your life. If you see yourself as a victim, it is because you have chosen to be a victim. Is that hardcore and no love? Then wow. focus on this. There are many who suffered much more than you, who have chosen not to be a victim, who has chosen instead to live life as it should be. You can choose to be accountable, and by doing so, you can choose to be black man. Thank you so much. Tammy, go ahead.
5: Wow. Um, Great speech. I'll be really quick. I just ask people to do this. Really, really search your soul, your relationship with God. If you claim to be Christian, religious, whatever you call it, how are you representing God? Are you representing God? Is the the way you live, does the way you live? talk, walk, whatever, does it represent the word of God? Because our children are looking at us. They see us go. They see us. They hear us speak. They look at how we live, and they see what we do. And I'm sorry. In my opinion, they're not seeing God. So they're going. People are going to church, hearing. Nothing's changing. But it's not because God's word is not true. It's because we are not living that word. And one more thing, figure out, the topic tonight is stop killing me, black man. What role, whether you are a man, child, woman, what role have you played in killing yourself as a black man or a black Hmm. man in your life? What role have you played? And are you playing? And if you don't stop, look at what's going on today. Look at the men, the black men who are coming up in this world today. What kind of father will they be? What kind of husband? But more importantly, what kind of foundation, as Reverend Anthony said, what kind of foundation will they be able to lay, if any at all, because with a foundation, if you can't do anything else, you can put up you can make a fire, you can cook some food, you can lay down, put a pillow may not be the best thing, but without the foundation or anything, you have nothing. Nothing. And we're getting to that. And if we think that there's gonna be enough of whatever we did when we get stand before God, remember that Isaiah fifty five. It's gonna come a day and a time and an hour and a second in a blink of an eye. That all you've done said, that's it. That's it. You have to now be held accountable. So, great show. I wish I would have would have would have uh, <laughs> been able to hear it all, but great show.
2: We 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 may have to do a part two of this show, um, and 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 that just because of the nature of the show and all of the information that was passed. But, again, uh, this has been Rodney Jordan, uh, and, and I wanted to say filling in for Tammy uh, because Tammy has um, <laughs> definitely blessed us with her presence uh, once again, and it is always appreciated. Uh, Mm -hmm. and by the way um, Tammy Gators is the uh, regular host of the Butterfly Evolution Show and there's always a reason why people meet, there's always a reason why uh, things happen and I don't know if you realize, Tammy but uh, it was this weekend, this past weekend a year ago that you and I connected and uh, since then it's just been an ongoing thing, and um, I definitely thank God for um, connecting the both of us. I'm so glad that it, it wasn't a few more seconds that took place between you getting out of your truck, um, you know, and, and and hearing the title of my book and and being interested. I, I'm definitely grateful for this opportunity, and just a, just a few things before we before we get off the air. Number one, uh, if you're in the New York City area, uh, the first week of October, um, God has blessed me to be one of the panelists. Um, mm-hmm. The Reverend Al Sharpton is doing a doing a, doing an education summit, and I'll actually be one of the panelists. for the Educational Summit and I received the, uh, I received received more information about the Educational Summit and I'm looking at this list and I don't recognize the names of the people who are going to be serving on the panel as well, but I'm looking at their titles and I'm like, all right. Because these people have these these fancy titles and I'm like, okay, I'm just a kid who grew up in Virginia Um, who's a school teacher in Manassas, but I, 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 one scripture um, that, I, that that comes to mind is um, Your gift Will definitely make room for you and, and I can tell you As a witness You don't have to sell out You don't have to Compromise Who you are If you mm-hmm. just be who you are And be patient God will allow things To come to you We never know why things are happening And we try to make excuses We try to find Every reason we can But if you are just True to who you are If you are true to your purpose God will allow things to just come Your way And and in the Bible it says All things work together For the good of those who love the Lord And are called to, uh, to His purpose. And not only that, um, I have a PR lady in New York City who's setting up all of these things for me. Um, But she even contacted me today and she said, Rodney, there's a very big um, thing, you know, that's going on in New York City that weekend. And she said, I thought that instead of you starting a, a, a book signing or doing a book signing from the ground up, we're trying to get you to just be a part of this expo. And she said, everyone who is someone will be there. And I said, okay, well, you can make it happen. Hey, I'm all, I'm all for it. And then I'm looking and she said, here's the link, you know, check out the website. And I'm, and I'm looking at the link and I'm like, oh, my goodness. If all of these people are going to be there. But you just never know what will happen if you just sit back, if you stay true to who you are, if you stay true to your purpose, and just a couple of things before we, before we get off the air. Um, number one, we didn't get to this tonight, but, uh, Reverend uh, Martin, I would have loved to hear your thoughts about what historians are saying about blacks being descendants of, uh, of Ham. And for those of you who don't know, Ham was one of the sons of Noah. And if you remember, uh, Noah got naked, he got drunk, and of the three sons, Ham was the one who went in, and um, and, and made fun of his father. And, mm-hmm. and so Noah, so Noah said, you know, curse be Canaan, and you know, you'll be a servant to the descendants. Uh, your descendants will be servants to your to your brothers' descendants. And mm-hmm. many people believe that blacks um are the descendants of Ham. But we didn't get a chance to get into that tonight. Also, please keep in mind, we are not here to be transformers. Uh, I'm sorry, we're not here to be conformers.
5: Mm-hmm. But we
2: are here to be transformers, and we are here to be reformers. It mm-hmm. is not our duty to conform to the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. That's but right. it is our duty to be transformed, by the renewing of our minds It is our duty When we see things that are not right To stand up and say something Don't be concerned about anyone Don't be concerned about anything Because remember Regardless of what happens here on earth You have a father in heaven That is watching down on you That is listening to everything that you do and he is going to hold you accountable for those things, whether it's black-on-black crime, whether it's white-on-black crime, whether it's you committing a crime. There is one judge, and he is the ultimate judge. And what you do every moment of your life, it does matter. Again, this has been Rodney Jordan filling in for Tammy Gator. Here on the Butterfly Evolution Show, we want to. Thank you all who have listened and tuned in to tonight's show. It is always a blessing to have you with us, and we hope you'll join us next Monday where we will have the debt shepherd uh, who joined us last Monday uh, drop us some knowledge on you. Have a great night. Be safe, be righteous, but most importantly, be true to who you are. This song goes out to Tammy's cousin, Diane, down in Georgia, as we always end the Butterfly Evolution show. Much love to all of you. Good night. Amen.
1: It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change going come, oh yes it will, it's been two i
0: Telling me do
1: desire I just want it so bad You know? And it just seems so real It's right there I Just wanna reach out and touch it For what all disappears Sometimes It feels like, like Everything Passing me by. Every now and then it's feels like my ship has gone and sailed away. But I I gotta be strong, I gotta hold on. It won't be too long. Now is coming. Out there on the ocean I know my ship is coming in Just at the horizon And right where the sky is Out there on the ocean I know my ship is coming in So don't leave me hanging I've been waiting too long For this moment. My ship has finally come I will travel to the 70s. I will even go Wherever the it blow I'll do anything for find my destiny It's like spice with gravity And it's bringing me